to live prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Friday evening. Friday evening. Where did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday go? If you're new to the program, you are watching live prayer. We come to you live and in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching me tonight, hopefully in the warmth and safety of your warm home. Uh, thank you for tuning in. For our friends in other far off great lands, I want to welcome you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Our web address is coming up on your screen. It is LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer, one word, dot com. Check it out. It will be a blessing to you. Don't be shocked. Got nothing to sell you. No advertising. We just have 23 years of great ministry content, all available for free in a very easy-to-navigate website. So check it out. Um, again, I pray you're safe tonight. I know they're getting, uh, what other, a snow bomb, uh, uh, some bomb tonight out up in the Northeast. Listen, I grew up in Ohio. Lived 15 years in Chicago. Uh, last I checked on my calendar before I came on the air, it's January 28th. If you live in Chicago, if you live in Ohio, if you live up north, and it's January 28th, you're going to get snow, okay? That's just part of the deal. I I, I don't know. We, we, we didn't have all these fancy names back then. Snow bombs, blizzard bombs, whatever bomb. It was just snow. And, uh, but be safe. Be warm, even though it's going to cost you more to stay warm. Be warm. And uh, pray you have a great weekend that's coming up. But before that, we've got an hour together to navigate through all of the uh, things. Going. You know, I got, I'm a, I, I normally don't do anything before I pray. I, I, I just have to do this first. There was an amazing scene in New York City today. At the iconic St. Patrick's Cathedral, they laid to rest this uh, 26-year-old Hispanic officer. And uh, I don't think I've... And, and again, you know, sadly, we've seen far too many of these uh, funerals for these uh, brave officers who've been killed in the line of duty. I don't know if I've ever seen that many policemen, you know, shoulder to shoulder, up and down Fifth Avenue. If you get a chance to see any of the uh, video or pictures, just an unbelievable sight. And I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. As I was watching it, I was just thinking to myself, you know, in a few weeks I'm going to turn 64. And this is, this is not anything close to the country I grew up in. And I know people are going to say, yeah, leave it to Beaver. Father's no best, blah, blah, blah. It's not that. It's really not that. Listen, there's always been evil in the world. Satan was around a long time before Bill Keller came on the scene, okay? 
There's always been evil in the world. There's always been a dark side to life. Okay? But there was a real clear delineation between right and wrong. There wasn't really an argument about that issue. You've got people out there literally praising these these people who shoot policemen, kill policemen. And again, I know there's always been a fringe. I'm not saying there hasn't been, but it's, it's so public now. I mean, it was never debatable. You respect the police. You obey the police. They've got a difficult job, a job virtually none of us would ever want to even consider, no matter how much money you paid us. But there was just a national understanding. And it wasn't just the police, it was the country. Yeah, we all had, you know, different beliefs in, you know, how things may be done. But at the end of the day, we were all Americans. We all wanted to see the country win. We all wanted to see the country do well. And I know, I know I've got a bunch of younger viewers right now saying, oh, here goes Grandpa. You know, here goes the boomer with all the, uh, you know, the mom, pa, and apple pie stuff. But that's what this country used to be. And it was a good thing. That's the point. It was nice that, yeah, we had our differences, but at the end of the day, we were all Americans. We, we've always been a, a, a generous country. I, I firmly believe one reason God hasn't punished this nation sooner is because we have been a generous country. We've been a country that has literally brought the gospel to the four, far ends of the world. And I said it a couple years ago, and more and more people are starting to understand, you know, we had, a, we had a civil war in this country 150, 160 years ago. We got a civil war going on right now. And, 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 and again, let, let me just say this. I'm a, I'm, I got to stop and pray and get started. But before, there was never any question. I, I mentioned often about Jimmy Carter. Before, before Barack Obama, before Joe Biden, just absolutely the worst president in my lifetime. Sorry, he was. But I never doubted for a second that he loved his country, served his country in the Navy, I believe it was, governor of Georgia. I never doubted his love for the country. I never suspected him of trying to undermine the country. He just had some rotten policies. But I've never doubted for a second that he loved this country. That was never, that, the, the, those type of issues just never existed. What's well, the government always a little shady? Sure, I mean, just go look at the history of the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover and when the CIA came into existence. And again, we had the warning from uh, Eisenhower already back when he was leaving office in 1961, understood this danger that we now know as the military dust recovery. So we've always had that, but while it existed, it was, you know what, it was, it, it, it was like crime in this country. It was like evil in this country. It's always existed. But it was never like neck and neck with goodness 
and with stability and with love of country. It was never war because most of us just agreed. Yeah, we love our country. We love the police. We love our military. It's uh, it's just sad. And if you saw that young widow today, only married for a very short period of time, God really gave her strength today as she stood in that pulpit of, of St. Patrick's and just shared from her heart uh, a word that I know meant a lot to the law enforcement community, but it, I mean, if you, if you weren't moved, I'm sorry, my friend, you better check to see if you've still got any feelings left. And one last thing before I stop. We never had to doubt who the good guys were and who the bad guys were, okay? It was always really clear. You had the criminals and you had the police. You had the criminals and you had the people who would hold them accountable for their crimes and put them in prison to protect society. You had really bad people and you had the federal government who had agencies like the FBI to find these bad people and the DOJ to prosecute them. It's, uh, you know, listen, I fully understand, you know, that was then, this is now. We've got to deal with the reality of today. All I can tell you is someone who has lived nearly 64 years on this earth. And I guarantee anybody near my age or who's older than I am, you know what I'm talking about. There were just things that we woke up every morning we never had to think about. We never had to wonder about. We never had to, we never had to try to figure out. The lines were real clear. What was right, what was wrong. What was good, what was evil. And, the, and what I want to leave you with before we start the program, those lines still exist today. Yes, people have tried to cloud those lines, but they still exist. That's what I want you to understand. That's what I want you to hear from my heart tonight. The lines still exist. There is still good and there is still evil. And there is a clear demarcation between the two. There is still right and there is still wrong. And there's a clear demarcation between the two. Just because evil has risen up to a level we've never experienced, it does not change the fact that good still exists. It does not change the fact that God is still in control. And for those of us who we're blessed enough to live in those days when these type of issues didn't exist. When it was just understood. When it was commonly accepted. What was right, what was wrong, what was good, what was evil. There's no reason we can't go back to those days. 
but it's going to take people who love the Lord. It's going to take people who love God to rise up, to help other people see what we so clearly see. All right, uh, let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started tonight. I got a lot of content to get to. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this wonderful day that we've enjoyed, a day that wasn't promised to us, a day that was given to us as a gift, as a blessing. We're so thankful. We're thankful for the blessings we've known this day. I thank you for my friends who have joined this program tonight. I lift up them and their families and stand in the gap tonight for the needs that they bring to this program. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that can meet each and every need, no matter how small or how great it may be. Lord, I just thank you now that we've worked our way through another week of programming. And as we commit this hour to you, I ask that you open our hearts and minds to truly hear and receive all that we need from you tonight. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before I get started, real quick, four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. Number one, pray for me in the program. means more than you know. Number two, daily devotional. I've written it every morning for over 23 years. Upper right-hand corner of our homepage at livepro.com is a sign-up link. Most people who watch this program regularly, you already get it in your email, as a little over 2.5 million folks around the world do. If you don't, sign up to get it. It's a very easy process, a couple quick steps, just basic information. You're, it'll start showing up in your email. But just as important, share that link with others so they can get it too, Okay. TV program, keep sharing the program. And lastly, if the program's been a blessing to you, pray about helping us with a gift. Uh, we don't sell things. I don't do tours. I don't, I'm not a travel guide. I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. Uh, we're not a marketing company. We're a ministry. And we share our needs each month, and we just trust God to provide for those needs as he's faithfully done now. 19 years on TV, 23 years online. 30 years in totality of this ministry since it began back in 1992. A uh, long time. Uh, <laughs> my gosh, that's a long time. But upper right-hand corner of my homepage at livepair.com is a donate link. Click on it. It's got our address as well as a special link if you want to give a credit card donation. Um, don't forget we've turned our audio of this program into a podcast. It's available on iTunes. And uh, maybe Monday, I hear, we will have a list of other places that you can find it. But iTunes is the biggest, and it's there, okay? All right, let's get started. Um, once again, let me just reiterate, praying for all you folks, especially in the Northeast, that are, you're going to get some really bad weather this weekend. I just pray that uh, you'll be safe. Take it easy. Of course, again, anybody who lives up in that part of the country, you know what it's, you know what it's all about. Uh, the New York Times, the supposedly the paper of record, used a chunk of their front page, their precious front page today, to do a puff piece on Willow. Now, if you don't know who Willow is, uh, you will soon because a way of deflecting the absolute utter failure of this administration is by talking about Willow. Willow's the new White House cat. So, 
front page New York Times today of all the world events going on, all the important serious things going on. That's what made the front page of the New York Times. Oh, by the way, as long as we're talking about our avatar president, Joe Biden, he was in Pittsburgh today to lie about the economy, how great it is. And uh, in his remarks, he said, now I want people to stop fighting. We've got to keep, we got to stop fighting with each other and start getting along. <laughs> Maybe he can start by not calling reporters that he doesn't like SOBs. I think that might be a good start there, Mr. President. Just saying, just saying, I think that might be a good, good start. By the way, speaking about his lies about the economy, let me let me give you some reality about the economy. Um, two weeks, is it? Yeah, two weeks from Sunday is the Super Bowl, okay? It is on Super Bowl Sunday that our nation has a, uh, I guess you want to call it tradition maybe, we consume more chicken wings on Super Bowl Sunday than any other day of the year. All right? Uh, I hope you can consume chicken wings this Super Bowl Sunday because there's a shortage. But I also hope you can enjoy chicken wings on Super Bowl Sunday in spite of there being a shortage if you can afford them. Okay? Uh, just to give you an idea, last last Super Bowl Sunday, January uh, February of 2021, we consumed 1.4 billion chicken wings in this country on that day. That's a lot of chicken wings. 1.4 billion. Here's the problem, though, between Super Bowl 2021 and Super Bowl 2022, just a year later. If you are able to get chicken wings this Super Bowl, you're going to be paying approximately 51% more than you did last year. I am not trying to rub it in, but I just have to remind you, I told you last summer when people were complaining about the cost of gas and the cost of groceries, I, I warned you, I said a year from now, meaning summer of this year, you're going you, to wish you were paying what you were complaining about last summer. So if you're a fan of the chicken wings, as apparently a lot of people are, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. Now, if you have been buying chicken at the store, if you've been ordering chicken at restaurants, especially if you've been buying restaurants, you are, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, the cost of chicken is just been ridiculous it's uh i mean <laughs> you 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 order uh 10 chicken wings at, at an establishment you know you might as well just get you just spend a few more bucks and uh get the filet <laughs> they're, they're about the same price now <laughs> unbelievable um mayor mayor Petey, our secretary of transportation mr Put Edge Edge, uh, was talking today about how the goal of the Department of Transportation is to have zero traffic deaths. Zero. 
And I admire that. That's a good goal. Absolutely unrealistic, but it's a nice thought. But the reason I'm bringing that comment up is because it really is a goal. They really do want zero traffic deaths. They really do. And if you just stop and think for a second, there's really only one way to achieve that goal. And that would be to have zero cars. Hello! Now, we've talked about this off and on, but I have been trying to warn you that a, a big goal of the globalists is to get rid of private transportation, take Uber, that's fine, they can track Uber, take public transportation, that's fine, they can control that, but no private transportation, because that means you could like get in your car if you live, say, in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, and say, drive to Philadelphia. Hard to track people like that. Now, they still can through your cell phone and through other monitoring systems on all these new cars. And I hope you understand that's happening, right? If you didn't, just know that probably any car within the last five years, some a little older than that, but definitely within the last five years, they're all very trackable, whether you like it or not. Well, you know it or not. Um, but yeah, Meripedi in his, in his uh, zeal to promote this goal of zero traffic deaths basically let the uh, cat out of the bag, so to speak, that that is a true goal. And they also understand there's only one way they can accomplish that true goal, and that's by having zero cars. Just, just giving you a little information. By the way, going back to Biden in Pennsylvania today, apparently he, uh, an hour before he showed up, a bridge in Pittsburgh collapsed. Apparently there's a lot of bridges in Pittsburgh. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, again, people follow the show, follow live for night. Born and raised, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, which is just down I-70 from Pittsburgh. Been to Pittsburgh, probably never had any business there, so it wasn't like during that part of my life, but early in my life, probably was the Pittsburgh three or four times, I think once to watch uh, the Steelers and once uh, uh, the rest of the time was to watch the Reds play the Pirates. We're talking back in the 70s now. But uh, apparently there's a lot of bridges in Pittsburgh. It's an old town, as most of you may know. And a lot of bridges dilapidated, need repair. One actually collapsed today. Uh, Thankfully, nobody was killed. But... uh, and, the, and, the, and this goes back to this $1.2 trillion, quote-unquote, infrastructure package they passed a few months ago. And don't forget, less than 10% of that money is actually going to real infrastructure, okay? The rest of it's going to green energy scams and to basically pay off Democratic donors, Speaking of Democratic donors, George Soros dumped $125 million 
into a democratic super PAC today to push uh, Democrats in the midterms. And we found out today through some great reporting that he has spent $31 million in the last three years to put 23 of these radical DAs into office around the country. Now, for what he was trying to accomplish, I, I just, I'm just going to tell you, he's got a great return on his money. His goal was to uh, absolutely turn the criminal justice system upside down, to radicalize it, and for roughly $30 million, which is tip money for George Soros, he's got 23 DAs that he's literally put into office in major cities around the country that has that has really done a number on our criminal justice system. Unbelievable. Oh, let me back up to Biden in Pennsylvania just real quickly. You know, normally when these presidents, they go to these different states to give little talks about whatever the, whatever's on their agenda, right? They're always accompanied usually by the governor. Usually the uh, if you're a Republican, all the all the top Republican politicians in the state are there. If you're a Democrat, all the top Democrat politicians are there. Usually, if you're going to say Pennsylvania, you bring the uh, if you're a Democrat like Biden is, you'll bring all the uh, Congress people and senators from that state on Air Force One with you. So you got a you got basically a big contingency of all the top politicians of your party with you when you go to these type of events, right? Well, apparently a lot of people had dentist appointments, had to get their tires rotated, had to take their dog to the vet, um, had to, I don't know, take care of a sick mother. Biden was pretty much by himself today. In other words, the normal contingency of top Democrats from the state of Pennsylvania and the Democrats from Pennsylvania that serve in the House and the Senate all seem to have packed schedules today. Scheduling conflicts, I think, is what it was called. And just couldn't go with Joe. Just couldn't be there to stand with Joe. What a shock. There is a man by the name of Amy Schneider. Let me start again. There is a man. I just want to make sure I don't lose anybody here. There is a man by the name of Amy Schneider. Years ago, Amy Schneider used to be Thomas Schneider. But Thomas Schneider has a mental health issue and thinks he's a woman. And now he calls himself Amy. You may recognize the name because Amy Schneider is being lauded in the entertainment world because Amy has won more games of Jeopardy than any other woman in the history of the program. Hasn't won more than the men. You know, there's some men... There, there, there's some men that won more, but she's being credited as the woman who's won the most Jeopardy games of anyone else. Again, there's only one problem, though. Amy isn't a woman. Amy is a man. Now, 
Thomas may have changed his name to Amy. Thomas may think he, in his, in his mental delusion, may think he's not a man, but a woman. But the reality is God made Thomas a male. Thomas always was a male. Thomas is a male as I speak to you now, and Thomas will die as a male. Now again, he can put on dresses and wigs and change his name from Thomas to Amy. He can claim he's won more uh, Jeopardy games than any other woman in history, but that's an out-and-out lie because Amy's not a woman. He's a man. I will tell you this, and, I, and, and again, I'm just, I'm just being dead honest. If anybody told me 30 years ago when I got in the ministry, 1992, that I would be doing a TV show 30 years later and talking about a man who is being credited by the media as the woman who won more Jeopardy games than anyone else when he's not a woman and everybody's going along like he is a woman, I would say, you're out of your mind. I said, I know evil exists. I know Satan's the author of what? Chaos and confusion, right? Right, we know that. But I mean, this is, this is confusion at a level I could have never dreamed of in my wildest dream. Never. And the fact that people go along with it. I, 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 can I tell you this? I, I believe in my heart that anybody that goes along with this charade is, has got a mental illness, maybe not to the same degree, but they're just as mentally ill as the person who doesn't even know what gender they are. Now, I know it's politically correct to, you know, uh, you know, accept who they say they are, blah, 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 blah. Why? Who says we have to? Who says we've got to be the crazy ones? Help me with that. I mean, I know people that have been deplatformed from social media. I know people who've lost their jobs because they refuse to go on, go along with this insanity. Speaking of insanity, remember the boy in Loudon, Virginia, that thought he was a girl, put on a skirt, and then raped two different little girls in two different schools. Remember that? Remember that? Young man, sometimes it's good to pause. Sometimes it's good to pause. <laughs> Especially when you're on camera on TV. Good to pause sometimes. Well, if you, if you remember a few weeks ago, that case was adjudicated. And in essence, the way it went down was this young man who said he was a girl, put on a skirt, and then raped two little girls. Um, that young man is, uh, I guess, just turning 16, and he was, and he was ordered to spend uh, two 
years in juvie and he will be released on his 18th birthday but the but the real hammer to what he was sentenced is he had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life okay now that all came down the pike about what was it a month ago well today the judge decided that she had made an error yes this this rapist this young boy who claims he was a girl put on a dress and then raped two girls in two separate schools by the way uh was adjudicated about a month ago and again will spend up until the, his 18th birthday in in locked up in juvie uh then he's released but the judge today took off the sex registry part of the sentence in other words basically once he turns 18 he's free to go out and rape as many people as he wants He's out, he's out of the criminal justice. Doesn't have to register as a sex offender. Because that might be too harsh on the young man. He he was young when he did this, and that would be a horrible burden for him to go. It was a horrible burden for these two young girls he raped. Are you kidding me? We'll see how this ends up. Um, I do know both the parents of both girls have got major lawsuits against the school system. Good for them. That That isn't going to erase the horror that their daughters had to live through. No amount of money is going to do that. Hopefully it will help with the probably the lifetime counseling sessions they will have to endure. Unbelievable. And again... I, I was following the sentencing a month ago because I was really interested to see how this was going to go down because, I mean, it just, I mean, you got to punish the... And see, the problem was he was 15 when he did it. So, you know, it, it, it's really difficult to get much of a, a sentence out of somebody that age, even for murder. Remember those two girls? What was 114, 115 in D.C.? They carjacked that... Uber driver's car? No, he wasn't an Uber. He's a he was a he was a Uber Eats uh, delivery guy. The old he's an old uh, elderly man, Pakistan, I think, something like that. Arab guy. Carjacked him. He tried to keep his car from being taken. They drug him for blocks and blocks. He's dead. And these girls both basically got juvie till eighteen for killing the guy. So I was. I was at least pleased to know that they were at least going to put this person in the sex registry where he belongs, but they took that away today. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't know legally what can be done to maybe reinstate that, but unbelievable. Uh, as I've mentioned to you many, many nights, misinformation is now the buzzword for censoring speech you don't agree with. In other words, CNN, for instance, they're big proponents of uh, we need to police misinformation. Now, 
That's comical coming from a place that for four years told you Donald Trump was a secretly a Russian agent and colluded with Russia. Well, we know darn well that never happened. And they knew darn well it never happened, but they still did it. Okay? So you want to talk about misinformation. But in essence, just so you understand, when you, whenever you hear this whole debate on, on policing misinformation, that is basically the mainstream media and, main, and, and political parties, primarily the Democrats, wanting to continue to use big tech as, as, as cudgels to, to literally stomp on speech they don't agree with. Okay? Now, let me tell you about their newest target. They've been pretty successful isolating um, conservative television. Fox, thankfully, was so big they couldn't they couldn't take it down. Although they still try every day, but they've done a pretty good job of trying to limit the the reach of places like Newsmax and OANN because again, as as as, as, T, as TV networks to get fully covered, they need full cable coverage. They need to be on Direct TV and Dish and all the cable networks. Right now, Newsmax is probably on about 50%. OANN uh, is probably about 20%. And they lost some of that percentage because uh, Direct TV is dropping them after pressure. So they've been pretty successful with limiting the amount of conservative uh, television. They have totally been steamrolled by conservative radio, thanks primarily to Rush Limbaugh, because he went into a dying medium, AM radio, and built the conservative talk radio empire that exists today with people like Hannity and Michael Savage, uh, Laura when she was on, people like Beck, you know, uh, these type of people, right? Limbaugh built that mighty force on radio that they've never been able to uh, really touch. But here's the problem. As you know, it's, uh, I guess it's been about a year. As a matter of fact, uh, Limbaugh, I guess I'll never forget it now, Limbaugh's death comes up on February 18th, which is my birthday. He died on my birthday one year ago, uh, coming up in a few weeks, three weeks from tonight, as a matter of fact. So you had Limbaugh pass. Uh, you've got people that are kind of getting out of the talk radio game. And it's an older audience. I mean, just face it, it is. It's kind of like church. Sorry, but it's, it's, a, good, it's a good correlation, you know, Uh a big reason churches are having trouble keeping people is because they haven't done evangelism and as the older people die off, they're not being replaced. Well, talk radio is similar in, in, in a lot of respects because, again, the younger people, they're gravitating to other platforms other than radio. But so conservative, the biggest conservative uh, amplifier has really been talk radio. 
obviously the new platforms are your social media platforms and podcasts and stream. Okay, those those three. Now, the social media platforms, they're shaky because if they don't like you, they'll just shut you down. Matter of fact, Dan Bongino, who's built up a pretty good um, uh, following on his on radio and through his Fox appearances and his Fox show, he just got permanently banned from YouTube and from Google. Uh, so the social media platforms are, you know, I mean, you're, li- you're living on a house of sand, okay? Because they can pull you any second. So now you're left with, you know, basically building your own platform and podcasts. And again, the problem with podcasts, watch watch what's happening. Because now the censors, the people that want to shut up speech they don't agree with, now they're going after the big uh, podcast uh, platforms. Because you've got people like Joe Rogan and Shapiro and a lot of these people that have built up incredible followings through their podcasts. But most of the podcast platforms that, that you know that post these platforms, they're you know they're big tech type people. So far, their model needs people like Rogan that can generate an offense for them to make money. But that's why, certainly through no great insight of my own, because I didn't have a clue what was happening. God led me very early in life prayers history back in the back in the early 2000s, to have our own servers, our own everything. And it was going to be a real problem in terms, I was never going to be able to reach a huge audience by virtue of being on a huge platform where all kinds of people exist. I literally had to build my own platform, but I never left that platform. Now, as you know, we're still on Facebook, we're still on Twitter, we're on Gab, we're on Parler, we're on Cloud Hub. We're on uh, what? True Patriots Network. We're on Sovereign Media. We're on um, Pillow Guy Lindell's uh, Frank Speech. Okay, we're on all those. We're on Telegram. But we post content there. If those all went away tomorrow, it's not going to hurt us one bit because our main feed of everything we do is on our own servers. And again, the trade-off is. If you're on a big platform, you might attract a million people that are on the platform for other people that find you easily. So the way we've done it, we literally had to bring people on specifically that want to be on, you know, want our content. But it's how we're still here after all these years and why I never have to lose sleep at night that I'm going to get a call at three in the morning saying, um, we're shutting you down because I can't. They can't. So misinformation is the buzzword. That's what you need to hear about. Now, let me tell you about another reason Joe Biden needs to be impeached. He had, I mentioned to you last night, there's a lot more information that's come out today. He had a disastrous phone call with the uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, last night. CNN, BuzzFeed, all reported on this horrible call how Biden basically was telling Zelensky the Russians are gonna are gonna sack Kiev at any minute. Um, you know they're coming for you. And Zelensky said, "What are you talking about? They're not coming for us. 
Yes, they're, they're, they're rattling their sabers, but we're fine. Kiev's open. There's no tanks in the street. Chill out. What are you doing? Why are you, try, why are you trying to actually force a war? Which is exactly what he was doing. And unbeknownst to Joe, because Joe isn't part of the part of the game anymore, how the U.S. president is part of the game, I don't know. But there's been talks between in Paris between the Germans, the French, the Russians, and the Ukrainians to basically tamp down the rhetoric and let's, yeah, no no hostilities. We weren't invited to those talks. That's how much. They disrespect our country now. That's how much of a joke they view Biden as. In the meantime, Biden's out there basically trying to start a war because he's got all these problems at home. It's the old wag the dog, man. It's, it's, it's a real thing. He's out there trying to start a war so he can step up and be macho and, yeah, I'm big bad Joe Biden, commander in chief. I mean, that's how sick this guy is. Zelensky told him, shut up, Joe. We got it under control. Russia doesn't want to invade us. Leave us alone. Unbelievable. I mean, and and you know what? If you needed to know how low and how deceptive the media is, even though CNN and BuzzFeed reported on this last night as it was happening, and this horrible phone call between Biden and Zelensky, and how Biden was basically telling Zelensky, the Russians are at your back door, you better get ready, they're coming after you, Zelensky. They reported that. Well, if you look for those stories today, you won't find them because they deleted everything. They deleted everything, like it didn't exist. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. New variant. It's Omicron BA2. Apparently, it's an Omicron variant. It's in four states right now. Um, I'm not a lot of information out there, but I told you a long time ago, they're, they're never going to stop. Um, Pfizer and the FDA. Now, listen to this. They're working together to block all VAX data that was used in their trials. In other words, before they could even get emergency use authorization, Pfizer had to go through trials with their vaccine, as did Moderna, as did J&J. Well, people are trying to get hold of Pfizer's vax trial documents so they can just see exactly what they did in those trials and how they came to you know the conclusions they did, et cetera, et cetera. The FDA and Pfizer are doing everything they can to block it. Pfizer actually went into court telling the judge that we don't want this information released for 75 years. 75 years! What in good name are they hiding? I'll tell you what they're hiding. I can tell you right now what it is. They had a high percentage for a vaccine, which, of course, we know now this was never really even a vaccine. But they had a high percentage of deaths and adverse reactions much higher than normal, much higher than a normal vaccine would have. Okay, that's that's what they're trying to block. In other words, they've known from day one 
that there's a much higher percentage of people that are going to die from taking this and have adverse reactions from taking it. Listen, no vaccine is foolproof, okay? There is a minute percentage of people that get vaccinated for polio. They're going to die from the vaccine. It's a very small minority, a, a minute percentage, but it does exist. And there's a very small percentage that are going to have adverse reactions. Very small percentage. That's understood. Apparently, these these COVID vaccines, though, the percentage of deaths and adverse reactions is much, much higher than what you would normally expect to see. And that seems to be exactly what uh, Pfizer is trying to cover up. Uh, this shouldn't come as a shock to you, but apparently Black Lives Matter is sitting with $60 million in the bank and no leader. The uh, woman that was basically the, the started this Patrice Coolers Coolers. She resigned months ago when it was uncovered she had bought like ten million dollars worth of real estate around the country. You may remember that. And really, there's been nobody running the Black Lives Matter organization since then. Again, they're sitting with sixty million in the bank. There's zero transparency because people are trying to find out. Because don't forget, hundreds of millions flew, flowed through this. There's 60 million in the bank now, which is no chump change, but they've already blown through several hundred million, and you've got organizations out there. Okay, fine, you're a, you're a nonprofit. Show us where that money went. You have a responsibility to be accountable as a charity to show where that money went. And don't forget, yet all these corporations pumping millions into them. You name a corporation, they gave the Black Lives Matter. These idiots. I told you at the time, they were fools. Fools. It was a Marxist scam. And now apparently there's no leader. There's nobody that is able to give accountability. Well, my question is, where the, where's the IRS? You know, live prayer was around for over 20 years till Barack Obama came in office. We got audited six, to, seven of the eight years Obama, Obama was in, in office. Seven, eight. Clean bill of health every time. But cost us a couple thousand dollars that we should never have had to pay to deal with it. Where's the IRS with Black Lives Matter? They should be able to get, to, they've got a, 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 a criminal division that can get to the bottom of where all that money came. But see, they don't care. With Black Lives Matter, they don't care. If that was if that was live prayer, they would be at my doorstep at four in the morning with SWAT teams. Unbelievable. Um, let me hit this in in the week on this. We know that, again, it was historically and mathematically impossible for Joe Biden to have got 81 million votes the way they say he got them to win the election in 2020. Absolute mathematical, historical impossibility. Okay, And we know how they did it now. We've known for a long time how they did it. Number one, they told us how they were going to do it. And they did exactly what they said. They went around state legislatures 
They enacted emergency election laws outside of the legislature, which is illegal under the guise of, of the COVID epidemic. And they took $400 million from Zuckerberg, $400 million from other dark money groups, nearly a billion dollars to basically steal the election with ballot harvesting, mail-out ballots, uh, unmanned, uh, unmonitored ballot boxes all over the place, right? Well, Wisconsin, they just made all drop boxes illegal. Now, they had over 200,000 ballots in those drop boxes in 2020. If they're, if they're not legal now, they certainly weren't legal then because this legislature never authorized them. So that's Wisconsin, 200,000 ballots for Biden that should be gone. Pennsylvania just had a court ruling today that makes mail-in ballots illegal in Pennsylvania. They should they were not legal in 2020. Again, 190,000 ballots for Biden that he won only he only won the state by 10,000. Georgia no chain of custody on over 2 million ballots plus the images of 2.4 million ballots were destroyed illegally. The Arizona audit proved hundreds of thousands of ballots of fraud. And Michigan, again, illegal drop boxes. I mean, we know exactly what they did. We know exactly what they did. We know how they did it. They've even bragged about it in the aftermath. You have an elite, you have you have an illegitimate president, an illegitimate administration, and uh, you you are seeing the byproduct of that illegitimacy play out, sadly, in our very real daily lives. I'll just say it: this is what happens when a nation's under the judgment of God. All right, before we get out of here tonight, oh, first thing, if you need to go to church this weekend, if you're snowed in, maybe, if you can't get out, if your church, maybe, for whatever reason, they haven't served, or you just want an extra church service, go to liveprayer.com, my website, all the way at the bottom, scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see a link for the Live Prayer Church. Uh, we put a new service up every Sunday at midnight. Obviously, it's up 24-7 till the next Sunday at midnight when we change it. It's about a 35, 40 minute service. It'll be a blessing to you, I promise. And uh, other than that, before we leave for the week, let me uh, give you a chance to accept Jesus. If it's something that you've never done, listen, I get emails every night. Bill, I've been watching for years, went to church for a while as a kid, kind of left it. You know, I kind of turn your program off every night, right when you get to the invitation. Tonight I listened and I was convicted and I knew that I needed to make a decision for Jesus. And uh, we get that every time, all the time. And if that's you tonight, if you, maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but you've never acted. If you want to make that decision tonight, pray with me. Dear Lord, tonight I come to you confessing that I'm a sinner. Lord, tonight I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I, I, Confess that I am a sinner. And thank you that you promised not only to forgive me, but cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Tonight I believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. 
I surrender my life to you tonight. Use me for your glory. I ask and pray in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you prayed in your minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because you said a few words, but because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerlivepair.com. I'll get it out to you. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to email me, bkellerlivepair.com. All right, love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight. Have a good weekend. Again, be safe if you're up north. Be warm, be safe. Um, if you're a football fan, Championship Sunday, Chiefs and Bengals, that should be a good one. Uh, Rams and 49ers, so we'll find out Sunday night who's in the Super Bowl. Um, whatever you enjoy, whatever your hobbies are, whatever you enjoy, take some time for yourself this weekend. Recharge, uh, get to church, and uh, enjoy your weekend, and Lord willing, We'll see you back here starting another week, 11 o'clock on Monday night. God bless you. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Times are hard.